You are listening to the Declutter Club podcast, where we talk all things decluttering to help you tackle the most difficult parts of organizing. I'm your host, Dana L'Oreal Morales, and I invite you to listen along as I jump into today's topic. today we are talking all about electronic clutter. This is something that I know many of you all are struggling with. And um, because it comes in so many different forms, I want to talk about it in a little bit more detail here. Now, I do want to let you all know that I have a How to Tackle Electronic Clutter course that is available to you if you wanna go deeper and really dig into your electronic clutter. Um, This is separate from our Declutter Club Challenge. Um, there is a fee for it. I just want to let you know um, <clears throat> there is a special deal for $49 on the AppSumo uh, for you to get that course. It is normally $67. Or if you are a member of Organized Academy, you get it as part of your membership. So definitely, um, if that is something that interests you, you can jump over to organizedacademy.com and um, sign up for the membership for $25 a month and you will have access to that for an entire month um, to go ahead and run through that training. It is a three-part training um, that you can take advantage of. Now, today's episode is really going to be about breaking down some of the most common electronic clutter categories and why why does it get so big? What is the problem with these particular areas? So we're going to really dig into those a little bit today um, to get your mind kind of wrapped around that and how you would typically um, handle it. So the first category is one that I know affects every single one of you, and that is your photos, your electronic photos. Now, If you are anything like most Americans, or I should just say most people, because it's not just within the U.S. walls, right? Um, You take selfies or you take photos with your cell phone. And if you are taking selfies or taking a group picture, you are more than likely taking more than one photograph because you want to make sure that you're capturing the right picture. And so you take a couple and you flip through them to see which ones you like. Now, some of you all are really diligent and you go through and you delete the ones that you don't like immediately. But most of us will scroll through and find the one that we like. And that is the one we share to everybody who was in the picture. Then we go and we post it on social media. Um, We may send it in a group text. And so that photo is now replicated into many different places and with many different people. Okay. Now, depending on which application you use to um, share it, it may automatically be copied down a second time to your device. So for example, if you use WhatsApp, once you um, open a WhatsApp window, right? and someone has shared a picture in WhatsApp, it automatically downloads that to your phone or whatever device you are looking at that 
um, message on, right? It took me a while to even realize it was doing this on my phone. I'm like, why are these random phone, you know, photos on my phone? And I realized that they were coming from the messages that were in my WhatsApp um, message that I opened, right? It was someone shared it. And when I opened it, it just downloaded it. So these are things that you need to be cognizant about in the apps that you're using on your phone, be that to edit a photo. Um, if you're uploading different things. And for example, if you're uploading a video or something to Instagram and you have your settings set to automatically download that recording or that post, then you're going to have that the recording that you actually, the original recording, then you're gonna have the recording that you edited, then you're gonna have the recording that saved down after you posted it. So that is replicating that photo or that video out in your device, which is also taking up space on your device. So be cognizant of that category. That is probably the most dangerous category that I know of electronic clutter because it can um, double and triple so quickly without us even realizing it because of basic settings that we have in the various apps that we use. If you have an iPhone device, or if you have a device and you have the setting set to save all of your photos into the cloud, well, now it's automatically on your phone and also in a cloud storage storage environment. If you then back up that cloud storage to a external hard drive, you now have it in three places. So again, just the mere sake of using your environment or using your systems, it is replicating your photos out to various places. The other thing um, that that really brings into mind that we do tackle, <laughs> that we do cover in the How to Tackle Electronic Clutter course is some of the preventive maintenance things that you can do that help to self-cleanse your system. Um, so we do cover that in that course. Now, the other thing, um, another form of electronic clutter is software. And we don't really think about that from our personal side of the house. Most of the time when you think about um, software and the clutter of software, you're thinking about your business side, right? The business hat, your um, entrepreneurial endeavors. You're thinking, oh, I bought this software to install. But when you think about your personal life, there are also applications and things that you would install on your computer um, to utilize for your home or personal use. So again, you want to think about um, if you've had your computer for a long time and you have USBs or you have um, I'm going, I'm aging myself here, floppy disk or CD-ROMs that you put in to install software, these are things that are adding to clutter. So it's a physical clutter if you have, for example, the CD-ROM, but there is also electronic clutter because you've loaded that software on your computer. And if you're no longer using that software, you want to make sure that you're taking it off of your computer or you're making sure it's updated to the right security levels to protect your computer, okay? Um, because the, those can have, you know, software that is not properly updated can also create a security risk for your environment. So um, that is another electronic clutter item that, again, it, it seems small when you first look at it, but then when you look at the ramifications and how far it can reach, it can create additional clutter for you. Um, 
application. So, you know, we went from a world of having CD-ROMs and, and USBs that you plug in to install software to the world of streaming and the world of apps, right? So when you think about your phone and how many apps you are installing on your phone. And I'm really bad about this and that I'll install an app, I'll play around with it, I'll realize, no, that's really not the app for me. And in some cases I immediately delete it and in others I don't. And it's important for you to go back and delete that app. If you had to create an account with that app, delete that account so that you don't have some random account out there that someone could hack in and start using as you. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're deleting the, the applic the accounts that you're setting up to utilize these accounts, um, these applications. And then also you want to delete the application as well and make sure you're turning off any rights that the application has if you are using the application, but you just don't use it that often. So I'm an Android user. So in my phone, a lot of times just by default, I set my apps to only be able to have rights when I'm using the app, which helps to prevent just random people using apps as me. But at the same time, um, you know, let's say it's an app I use all the time. And so I'm like, no, I want it to update in the background. I'm okay with that. I'm going to give them rights all the time. Well, if I later determine that I'm not going to utilize this app on a regular basis, I want to go in and make sure that I'm changing those security levels and those security rights so that I am not giving this application rights to my contacts or other things that it doesn't need to have rights to. Um, in some cases, the application developers have gotten really savvy and they won't let you use the application unless you give them rights to your contacts, which if it's not something that directly affects your contacts or utilizes your contacts, why are you giving them rights to it? So these are things that you wanna really be mindful of when you are installing apps um, on your devices and just making sure that you're cleansing those out when those apps are no longer in use. Streaming services. This is another one. I was recently talking to one of our Organized Academy members about the amount of streaming services that she has. Now, if you are like many people, you may be sharing your streaming service with others in your family. Um, and that, you know, depending on the right, the the usage rights of that particular streaming service, that may be perfectly fine. However, let's look at the what streaming services you have signed up for and why. For me, we, you know, cut the cord many, many years ago and decided cable was extremely too expensive. And so we were no longer going down that route. But what I'm seeing people do is that they now are replacing cable with the streaming services, which is perfectly fine. However, you are replicating the same services across several different applications, right? Several different streaming services. So my question would be, what are you really watching? And do you need to have six, seven different streaming services or do you really just need two or three, right? If you're an Amazon Prime member, you automatically get Amazon Prime as part of, you know, the movies as part of your subscription. So there's no need for you to um, purchase 
something that you, you know, if you can get the same thing on Amazon Prime, why are you then getting um, streaming service number two, three, four, and five if you spend majority of your time watching Amazon Prime? Most people have Netflix. Most people, you know, will have that and Amazon Prime. I think that's fine because they offer different things. But again, you really want to... Um, look at what you are using and what you, what is, um, using the bulk of your time and does it make sense for you to continue to pay this additional fee for the one or two times that you watch something else. Now, again, this is a personal choice and it depends on, you know, is it just you and your household or do you have four or five different people that all watch different things? In that case, you really do need to consider, is it cheaper to just get cable, right? <laughs> In some cases, it just isn't justifiable for you to switch to just using streaming services. If when you add all of them up based on your household, that it ends up costing you the same or more. The other thing you want to think about is the quality and type of your streaming service. So um, the conversation I was having with the member was around, um, and listen, I'm not paid by any of these streaming services and I have, you know, you do you. I'm not telling you to buy or not buy a specific thing. But in the conversation we were having, we were talking about, um, Sling and Sling has a lot of the different services or, or channels that I particularly like to watch. And I was like, oh, okay, this is really cool. And so when I started using Stream, I realized that, okay, this is really what I'm spending the bulk of my time watching. So if I were paying for an additional service, I would consider, is it really necessary for me to watch that? Do I have to have that particular show in real time or can I watch it on demand? Um, these are some questions that you need to begin to ask yourself. And especially if you are complaining about not having enough time to do X, Y, Z or something else, figure out, are you spending more of your time watching these streaming services, you know, watching the shows live or trying to catch up on a season instead of doing the whatever it is that you never have time to do. These are just some things, again, coming back to decluttering, coming back to the mindset of asking yourself, is it necessary? Why do I have these things? Um, and can I just eliminate it from my life to give my life a little bit more richness? Games, kind of same thing. You know, did you load a game on your whatever device? Like I don't play games, so I'm kind of in left field on this. But I know that there are games that you can install on your computer. I know that there are games that I have on my cell phone that I like to play, right? And so I'm going to go from that perspective of loading. And this kind of falls into the apps category of, but you're loading games to play. And those take up a lot of memory and a lot of power on your phone. And so the question that I would ask you is which games are really necessary and when are you playing them? And again, going back to the question of what are you doing and what are you not doing when you're playing the games, right? Why do you play games? So in my per particular situation, my two apps of choice right now are Candy Crush 
and pu a puzzle um, app that I have, right? And I do the puzzles when I'm listening to my audiobooks and I'm trying to relax. That's kind of my self me time. Same with Candy Crush. It's kind of like, oh, it's just a mindless moment when I don't want to think. But what I found is that there were times when I was doing something, I was playing Candy Crush when I could have been making some Canva um, images, right? Or I could have been making some, pre prepping some posts with, with the content that I needed to type. I could be doing that instead of spending the time playing Candy Crush. So it's not to say that I that you don't need to play games or you don't need to do these things. But when we're talking about decluttering and really finding the time that we have in our day, these are some things that as you're going through this process of evaluating your, your electronic clutter, really think about the time that it's taking you to do whatever it is you're doing and see how they correlate, right? See how those things are correlating into your time management and the different things that you have to do. Um, so, you know, going back to the whole game discussion, like because those are the two main games that I'm playing, there are probably three or four other games that I've installed, you know, like a word, a crossword and some other things that I don't access that often. And so I need to go through and say, hey, do I really need to have these on my phone? Are they really serving a purpose? Because again, all of these applications and things that you are loading on your phone, and I'm using phone, but this could be your tablet, this could be your computer, whatever it is, are you, it's taking up memory, it's taking up space on your devices. Um, so you, and it's adding a layer of security risk, right? So you will really want to go in and evaluate these things. Um, I talked about um, software, let's talk about receipts. Okay, so this is getting into the whole email world. Okay, we're not going to dig into email today, but we all know email is one of the biggest clutter bugs. Like you've got electronic clutter and and email and photos are like right there at the top together because email is another one of those that can just grow and grow and grow on you know just crazy like crazy. So. Um, we'll have to, I'll have to create a whole nother course on that. And we've started that, but whatever. So within your email clutter, right, there are receipts that come in and this comes in for both your home and your business worlds. Okay. And so what are you doing with these receipts? Are you just leaving them in your email or storing them in your email, hoping that you'll remember that that's where they are, should you need them? Or are you pulling those out and saving them in a very strategic way so that you can recover or get back to them? The examples, I'm going to give you two examples. One is regarding um, your personal, right? So let's say that you purchase something for your home and you need to um, get it fixed right but you need it has a warranty or you need to recover that information well it came via email so you need to go and find that receipt how are you going to find that receipt are, are you saving that down and does it have a home where this you know your electronic receipts are going or are you just having it in your email just so that you can say that you have it what is your operation around and your plan of action around your electronic receipts? So many stores have now added that as an option. Do you want a printed receipt or do you want an electronic and printed receipt? I know TJ Maxx Home Goods does this. And I'm like, what happened to the just electronic, right? I don't want the paper. I don't want electronic and paper. I just want electronic. So, you know, 
you've got this world where there's electronic and paper. Let's pretend like that's what you chose. Which do you use the most, right? Are you getting the paper and then scanning that in, but then you have the electronic, like why? <laughs> Ask yourself why, what is the point? And this is something that I need to maintain over time. If it's not, don't worry about the electronic receipt. If you are trying to go paperless, okay, get the electronic receipt. Again, why that's not an option, I have no idea, but whatever. Get the electronic receipt, but have a system, a process in place for what you're going to do with those electronic receipts, okay? Um, so that you can recover those and get them back. Now, in business world, a lot of times what happens, and this is how I have had to use receipts in the past, is... I have purchased a service, right? And I usually buy annually. So I've purchased a service, an annual service, and it comes time for the renewal or something happened, um, the, a particular situation, I had purchased something and it came with specific things. And when I went to try to implement those things, um, the, the option wasn't there. Right. And I'm like, well, I was supposed to be able to do this. So I needed to go back to get the detailed itemized receipt to be able to send that to the to the company and say, Hey, I was supposed to have access to this, this, and this here's my receipt. I don't have access to that in my account. So I needed that to be able to resolve the problem. So again, what are you doing with those receipts? Are you saving those in a folder or do you have an electronic system where they go into? You need to know, and that place should not be your email inbox, okay? I don't care if you're archiving your, like, I don't care. It should not be in your email inbox. That is not a filing cabinet, okay? So I'm digressing a little bit, but you got to declutter your inbox and get those electronic receipts out. That's the whole point of this category that I'm giving you because I'm seeing this all over the place and it is a huge area of clutter. Email is a huge area of clutter, but the receipts, they are so important that you need to get those out. The other reason why I'm really pinpointing um, receipts, electronic receipts right now is because it is tax time, right? And so how are you keeping track of your receipts for taxes? How are you keeping track of your expenses and all of that? Do you have an accounting system? So you see how all of this is playing together and how we started with the topic of declutter or clutter and decluttering and how that's leading to your systems and it's leading to your processes and ultimately leading to something you need to do in your business and how it can make it better and give you better time management, okay? So there is a journey I'm taking you on, guys. Um, so you need to start thinking through this and eliminating things that no longer serve you. And part of this, we know you don't need to eliminate your receipts unless you need to eliminate the fact that you're getting them electronically, right? If you're getting all of your um, stuff electronically and you're not doing anything with it, that's a problem, right? We need to change that process and we need to document the fact that we need to change that process as soon as possible. We need to recover as we're going through and decluttering our email. We need to make sure that we are pulling the stuff that really is needed out so that we're not decluttering that accidentally. So that's why I kind of threw that in there because you need to start thinking around that. Um, freebies. This is another one. And this is another one that kind of leads into, it kind of straddles the line of email and documents, right? Because typically when you get a freebie, what, what happens? 
They ask you, you're asked for your email address. I know I have freebies and things. I ask you for your email address to give you access to those things so you can get into my ecosystem, right? Um, being part of the Declutter Club Challenge, you were asked for your email that so that I can contact you should there be specials or things going on related to the Declutter Club Challenge. So when you get access to these things, when you get these quote unquote freebies, what are you doing with them? And how are you, act, how are you, um, functioning with them. So let's talk about if it's a download, right? So a lot of times it's a guide, it's a book, you know, it's an ebook, it's a guide, it's a PDF, right? So you get this PDF, you download it to your computer, right? So that you can open it and see it. Where are you downloading it? And what are you doing with it once you've downloaded it? If you download it and you're like, uh, this isn't really that great. Do you just leave it on your computer or do you delete it off your computer? right? If it's something that you want to keep and reference and you think it's great, are you leaving it on your computer? Do you put it in a folder? Is it labeled clearly so you know how to find it when it's time to reference it, right? Or do you have a system where you put that information? Are you saving it in a specific folder with a specific name? All of these things, again, it starts with the declutter process and works its way down. So decluttering is not just about taking time out during each quarter and really digging into something and cleaning it out it's about making sure that you have created a system a self-cleansing a self-decluttering system that eliminates that unnecessary stuff okay and as you're going through the process in this category of electronic clutter and and letting go of things it's important for you to think about how did it come in to begin with where did it originate so i can then when we get to system development determine the process that i need to develop to help eliminate that is some of what we do in organized academy is really dig into some of those processes and developing them so that they um that you can do a stepping stone you can take a step at a time to set things up the way that they need to be set up all right the final um little thing that i want to pinpoint here are books right people forget about audiobooks and so many of us have kindles and different things where we are listening to audiobooks i am a huge audiobook fan however comma <laughs> i listen to audiobooks from my local library so i'm downloading them in the app right they're not really on my device the way that i download them they're in my app because i'm listening to the audio now there are times when i have downloaded them into an actual book right and so that goes to my kindle app that's on my phone and I read it in my Kindle. And then once it expires, it is removed, right? So I don't have the clutter of books I've bought and they're just sitting on my device, typically, right? My normal mode of operandi is to get it from the library and I don't have to worry about it. Whereas there are books that maybe I've gotten for free or I purchased for some reason and they are on my Kindle and they're still there. And so they are gonna be there taking up space, right? Um, and, but that's something that you need to think about. If you're not really gonna read a book again, if you're like, this is not even worth having it on my device, delete it off, delete it off. And there may be some options. I haven't personally looked into them because I don't have that many, but there may be an option for you to download it or something to a, a USB or an external hard drive so that you have the book you purchased. 
but you don't have to have it living on your device. If you have an Apple, you may be able to upload it to the cloud or something like that. So you have it, access to it, but it's not necessarily taking up space on your physical device. So those are just some categories to think about. That is not an exhaustive list of electronic clutter, but there, those are some things that it's like, oh my gosh, I had never thought about that. You know, your tabs, your um, the the favorites in your device. So we can talk about Chrome, right? So your Chrome app on your cell phone and your Chrome app on your computer. You may not have realized, but there are two, depending on how you have them syncing, you may have two or three different versions of your Chrome window. Now they have profiles. So that adds a whole nother layer of complexity that you may not have even realized was there and the duplication that happens by accident if you don't even realize how things are set up. So I hope you found this helpful. It may have blown your mind. <laughs> don't let it overwhelm you. Definitely send your questions my way. But these are some areas where you can begin to declutter and really look at what you have in your environment. I hope you found this helpful. I'll talk to you soon. Guys, it is that time of the year. I am so excited. I can't wait. You know, Q4 is my jam, okay? So if you guys are new to the podcast, I want to make you aware of some upcoming dates that you will want to mark on your calendar and make sure you have all of the necessary resources so you can hit the ground running. So the first important date is October 31st. And no, that is not because of Halloween. It is because that is the first day of our Sprint into the Holidays Thanksgiving edition. Okay. So that the Thanksgiving edition will run from October 31st through the Sunday after Thanksgiving. It is a four week action plan. And yes, this is complimentary. So it is absolutely free. You can get your four week action plan so that you are ready for the Thanksgiving holidays. You're eliminating the stress and you go through the prepping process in a very strategic way. Okay. The second date that I want to make you aware of is November 14th. And that is when our Sprint into the Holidays Christmas edition actually starts. Yes, there is a two-week overlap between the Thanksgiving edition and the Christmas edition. But if you are doing both, I have built that into both of the plans. So it is absolutely fine. Don't panic. Just get the action plan. So the Christmas edition runs from November 14th through Christmas Day. It is a six-week action plan that will get you prepped and ready for the holiday season, all right? Now, the third and final date is going to be a January date, and it's a date-ish, <laughs> because I don't have the official start date, but in January, we always do our Declutter Club Challenge and this January is no different. So I definitely wanna make you aware of that. So if you have been wanting to get your, your physical environment together, I got you, okay? I got you. We are gonna do our Declutter Club Challenge 
in January of 2023. So you can go ahead and sign up for the Declutter Club Challenge. Make sure if you are listening to this on the Organized Holistically podcast, make sure you sign up for the Declutter Club podcast, which is a supplementary um, podcast to our Declutter Club Challenge. So you'll want to make sure that you have connected in all the ways so that you are ready to go come January. All right. So I've got three links in the, uh, actually four links in the um, show notes of this episode. So I hope that you will take advantage of them and go ahead and get all of the things that you need to be ready this season. All right. So it's action time. I encourage you to take what you learned today and apply it to your Declutter Club Challenge action step. If you haven't yet signed up for the free challenge, go ahead and jump over to organizedacademy.com, scroll about halfway down the page and sign up for free. I look forward to seeing you and hearing all about your decluttering successes. So make sure you share them with me on Instagram and or Facebook. My handle is at Dana L'Oreal Morales. So until next time, I want you to definitely stay happy and stay organized. Have a great one, guys.